Hello authors, I'm Joanne Morell, children's and young adult fiction writer and author of Short Nonfiction for Authors. Thanks for joining me for the Hybrid Author Podcast, sharing interviews from industry professionals to help you forge a career as a hybrid author, both independently and traditionally publishing your books. You can get the show notes for each episode and sign up for your free author pass over at the Hybrid Author website to discover your writing process, get tips on how to publish productively and get comfortable promoting your books at www.hybridauthor.com.au. Let's crack on with the episode. Others. I hope you're all keeping well in whatever part of the world you reside and listen to the podcast in. Today's interview is with award-winning middle grade and young adult fiction author Shirley Marr on Character Voice. Shirley has recently won the Western Australian Premier's Book Awards Prize for Writing for Children with her middle grade magic realism novel A Glass House of Stars. In the interview, Shirley shares how she came to write such compelling character voices and how she manages to keep those voices represented through the pages of her book, why she chose to write in second-person point of view and what she wanted to achieve through using this character style, how author voice differs from character voice, as well as sharing her tips for authors looking to create and capture their characters' voices on the page and more. So in my author adventure this past fortnight, I am still formatting my books, (laughs) my non-fiction books. But as I said, the print has been put aside. I'm focusing on the audiobook format, which I am using the print book to review the audiobook and make sure that they match. Because as I said in the last episode, my process is quite chaotic and these projects have been around. Honestly, I had to go back and look at when I first contacted people uh, like the cover designer and my editor and it was back in 2020 so this has been going on for like a two-year period not happening full-time all the time as you can see it's taken me goodness almost about three or four months when I started the formatting to get back on track so it's a big big process anyways it is going ahead the I hope that the audiobook formats will be done over the weekend and then the ebook and the print I know is not going to be done until I'd say at least the end of July due to having to upload fresh covers and waiting for the postal period period of it coming back and forth for review and things like that. So I have been out and about lately, networking as they call it. Uh, I was very, very sad we were supposed to be due to go on up north in Western Australia, a trip with the family in our caravan and unfortunately my husband is just had carpal tunnel wrist surgery and that got was supposed to happen back in May and that got postponed because of Covid and uh, yeah and then it got postponed again till this week yeah thank goodness that our well, our trip has been cancelled obviously but there's no way he would be able to drive anyway so I think all round it was probably quite a good thing in the end but I never booked this year every year for like the past five years I've attended the Squibby West Rotnest writing retreat although it was set in a different part of Western Australia this year in Mandra which was is still a beautiful place and I 
that was last weekend and I chose not to go because I was trying to avoid COVID for this up north trip and I also thought it was too close to my husband's surgery and I contracted COVID in May and obviously my husband's surgery happened this week so I could have gone which is a bit sad but never mind. Instead a big thank you to Cindy Lane if she's listening. She's a very talented artist that we have here in Western Australia. She asked if I wanted to be her date to the WA Premier Book Awards and uh, it's by invitation only and I of course said yes and so I uh, linked arms with Cindy and we went off and schmoozed with Western Australians finest. It was quite quite good. I, I knew a lot of people there actually and it was quite funny to see the children's genre people that I know and obviously the West Australian literary group as well that I have come to know through obviously ECU and interning at Westerly magazine and just just really cool and obviously conducting these interviews as well and it was just a really wonderful evening. There's a lot more coming up but I think I'll save it for next time. So if you love the podcast or any of the episodes has helped you further in your author career, you can now pay it forward by buying me a coffee over at www.buymeacoffee.com slash capital T on the and all capitals hybrid capital A author. So the hybrid author www.buymeacoffee.com slash the hybrid author and it's capitalized how I have the podcast and um, with hybrid being fully capitalized and the first letter of the and author capitalized also a friend of mine uh, picked it up and said I couldn't find you over at Buy Me a Coffee but I think that's the problem is, is it's got to be capitalized so if anyone else has had an issue with finding me at Buy Me a Coffee it is www.buymeacoffee.com slash capitalized T for the all capitals, hybrid, capital A for author, the hybrid author. Shirley Marr is a first-generation Chinese-Australian living in Perth and an author of young adult and children's fiction, including YA novels Fury and Preloved and children's novels Little Jing and A Glass House of Stars. She describes herself as having a Western mind and an Eastern heart. She likes to write in the space in the middle where they both collide, basing her stories on her own personal experiences of migration and growing up in Australia, along with the folk and fairy tales from her mother. Arriving in mainland Australia from Christmas Island as a seven-year-old in the 1980s and experiencing the good, the bad and the wonder that comes with culture shock, Shirley has been in love with reading and writing from that early age. Shirley is a universe full of stars and stories and hopes to share the many other novels that she has inside her. Truly magical bio, Shirley. Welcome to the Hybrid Author Podcast. Thanks for having me, Jo. You're much too kind. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, no, it's wonderful. It's very nostalgic. I I just love it. So can you tell us, was it this early love of reading which shaped your aspirations to become a talented storyteller and writer that you are and write in the children's and young adult fiction genre? It's very like kind of you to call me talented writer. (laughs) But to answer your question, the answer is a definite yes. Writing has always been like a solace to me and especially in my early years. And one of my favourite memories is in grade two when our teacher would sit us on this little rug in front of the class and she'd read to us the magic faraway tree. And I was absolutely hooked by this story. I was like taken in by the whole experience 
experience and in my heart I wanted to write stories like that too and combined with the innocence of that experience I just wanted to write children's books. Fantastic and you have a young family yourself do you read the faraway tree to your young family at all? I have a young son he's eight he likes to read books like dog man and cat man that's more his like a jam so probably not the faraway tree but I will try and sell and suggest it to him and see what he thinks oh wonderful well today's topic is character voice and we're focusing on your middle grade novel a glass house of stars and there are so many distinct characters created in this work and I have to say I just I love them all and I found that each of them had such strong memorable voices and they just didn't waver throughout the story and you know do you have a process when you tackle your novels or this one in particular I guess when it comes to creating your characters and for making sure that you know they're there and still staying strong their voice is true throughout the work so I have a secret Ooh, hope you're gonna share (laughs) (laughs) might not have any friends or or many popular family members after this Um, so um, what I do is I tend to base my characters on people I know And that's including basing them on myself. So because I I feel like if I have like a reference point for my character and that's with a real person, then that makes my characters feel like authentic and real. So in A Glass House of Stars, Maisie is loosely based on me and the two friends that she makes, Kevin and Josh, based on the two kids that I had in my class in grade two. So I came to Australia in the early 80s apart from myself there were only two other migrants in my class one Vietnamese and one Lebanese kid and so I based them on those kids that I knew so that's where the characters came from and all the other side characters like the mother in the story the aunts and Eileen they're all based on people I know as well some of them based on a singular person some of them like mashups of people I know but um that that's my secret technique to get characters sounding consistent and real space them on (laughs) so well as your family is anybody from who you've you know secretly based uh, the characters on have they read the book have they picked up on that or not so much um to date nobody has said anything or complained or even said hey I think that's (laughs) me I I think I must have sort of altered them in such a way that people don't recognize themselves so like I've gotten away with it so I'm thinking (laughs) using this technique because it's working for me and there's nothing in there that you know people wouldn't own uh, in the characters you know there's nothing nothing bad or anything like that oh no no (laughs) I don't tend to have sort of like outright baddies in any of my books they're usually people up against obstacles so I don't write like all my enemies (laughs) into my books or anything like that and the people that I do write are like characters that I personally love and want to spend time with so you know it's it's for the positive Mm -hmm. nothing bad (laughs) that's great so when you're writing we're obviously talking about character point of view rather than your writing process I'm not sure how you tackle your writing process with scenes or how you go about writing the story I suppose when you are doing the scenes you're having that person that you base the character off in mind so that's how you stay 
on track with that character's voice then if, if you do you go back at all in any edits or drafts and specifically edit for a character voice as you go along to check you haven't gone off track or anything like that oh there's definitely a lot of tracking and like back checking and everything mm-hmm. as well and we have editors that I work with as well they're very good at picking up when I have a character that goes off voice or off character and they'll point it out really quickly. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. Like, um, it's, it's hard when you're juggling so many characters. So that's where you have editors and they're really good at picking up those small little things that you yeah. might miss. Because yeah. sometimes like I have characters and there's something they won't do, but they end up doing and then someone points it out to me and I go, yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh, well, that's good to know. That's peace of mind. <laughs> Editors, shout out to all the editors. They're wonderful because like I do the writing, but they do all the finessing and the the pulling together. Editors. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, there's one thing in the book that is so different and probably the first, you know, book I've read that's written in this point of view, which was second person. And I felt like that really provided a connection to the characters for me. Did you, how did you come to choose that character style? And can you tell us, where, where is there something you were hoping to achieve with that by writing in that point of view? Okay, so as the story goes, and I'll tell it from the beginning, I tried the two other, as you would call them, traditional voices, the um, first person and the third person. But I just found that there's they just weren't working for the story. Like um, first person somehow made it too personal and it felt like I was telling like diary to myself and I was like, no. And third person just felt like I was telling the story from like a stranger's point of view and it just felt too distant. So I thought, well, maybe this story just isn't going to be told. So I left it at that. But luck would have it. I was on a holiday in Broome and I had finished the book. I had packed. So I went to the op shop there and by chance I found a book called Dead Girls by Nancy Lee. It's a book of short stories and the first one was written in the the second voice and I read it and I was blown away by this because I thought that second voice was like only choose your own adventure stories and that often went like you're in a tunnel of doom, you're (laughs) going to die. (laughs) the left exit or do you choose the yeah. right <laughs> or how to's or recipes you know you now put the flour in the cup yeah, or something yeah, yeah that's it's the only way mechanical. and this was the first time that I'd seen the second voice used in such a literary like beautiful fashion and I thought well you know what I'm just gonna give it a go like the story's not working anyway so what do I have to lose and uh naturally when I told my friends this my writer friends bless them all <laughs> shout out to them like they just thought I'd lost my mind because nobody uses the second voice nobody but um I just thought okay I I have confidence that this might work yeah if it does it's going to be something so the writers that you consult did they worry about it being too different or did they or did they pick up about how you are instantly connected. Did they not think that was amazing from that connection or were they worried about sort of the rules of publishing? (laughs) Yeah, I think they, um, like me, hadn't seen it done in any other context rather than sort of like a very mechanical, this is what you're doing sort of fashion. So they were, they were skeptical and um, I, I don't blame them. Like if somebody told me that I'd be skeptical as well, because I've never seen it done well. Yeah. So, and it was risky because I don't know how many publishers out there would want to take on a book like that. I thought the chances were probably zero, but I persisted anyway. 
because I felt like this story needs to be written this way. So I did it regardless because I think at the end of the day, as a writer, you have to do what you love and what you believe in and not just think about, okay, is it going to get picked up? Is it going to sell? Is it going to make me any money? Is anyone going to believe in it? So I wrote it more for myself and what I wanted to achieve with it was actually put the reader into the shoes of a young migrant child and for them to fear what it's like to walk, walk in her shoes and see out of her eyes. And I just thought, okay, I believe in that and I'm just going to do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and honestly, well, you achieved it because you did it so well and I just felt right there with the characters. Yeah, it was just incredible. It did, it blew me away, it really did. Oh, so, yeah. Do you, would do you think that you'll approach any other works in that manner again or or taking risks you're quite because you took this risk and it kind of paid off do you think you will be a bit of a risk taker with future works <laughs> um I feel like with each work I want to challenge myself and do something different and grow as a writer so I'm not sure if I will use the second voice again it all depends on the story I'm trying to tell but I won't rule out the possibility altogether because I'm all for experimentation and doing something a little bit different to what's out there and and showing people that yes it can be done you can be a little bit different you don't have to be cookie cutter in order to get published and recognized for it yeah that's it and yeah that's good advice to authors out there if they want to play up with their ideas and in different styles and different way and and see what it what it comes out as like that yeah that's a great tip so backtracking what you said which is quite funny but so you get your inspiration from real people and then kind of channel that into your characters' voices. So there's there's often talk in the writing world around author's voice. And I was going to ask, like, how do you believe, you know, the, your author's voice is different from your character's voice? But I feel like in this case, because it's kind of you and your own personal experiences, maybe maybe you've joined them together. Or do you think sometimes they become one and the same, even if it's not your story or it's I- something completely different? <laughs> believe that they're two separate things but they can be so complementary that they can blend into one depending on the story so I see the author's voice as how you choose to tell the story your motivation in telling it and what you choose to include and what you choose to leave out and I believe the character voice is the mouthpiece you use to go about it. And with like a second voice, I feel like they're so closely aligned. They are almost the same thing. Yeah. But in, I think if you use other tenses, like if you use like a first person or a third person, you'll find that there's a bit of a split and they are two separate things. But um, I think the trick is to make them both aligned and harmonious with each other. And um, I'm only saying that because with the character voice, I find that sometimes I create like a character and they would do stuff, they'll say stuff that I would never do or say in real life. (laughs) (laughs) There's like a a divergence and characters can take a life of their own. Like um, I'd say me and Maisie are quite similar in terms of like who we are, but we're also quite different as well. It's important to recognise characters as Similar, but separate entities. 
to the author. Yeah, no, that's good points there. With your editorial team picking up on whether you stray from character voice, had they ever picked up that you they've felt something's your author voice that, you know, that's more coming through as you rather than the character or not so much like flip it on its head. Kind of like coming across as more of my. Yes. Yeah. Moment. More of yourself and in the other characters, I suppose, <laughs> by <Yeah>. accident. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that has happened like a few times, like when you sort of like slip from the character that you're in and you kind of become a little bit more of yourself and that's not right for the character yeah I'm sure done that a few times maybe like in the first draft but then I quickly backtracked and said look this isn't about me this is about the character and the story I'm choosing to tell so I'm just going to uh, backspace that and uh, (laughs) get rid of that bit because I think it's unfair if I put all my opinions and how I feel about something, like certain topics into a book, because I feel like that's pushing like a own personal agenda, whereas a book should be neutral. And it's going to say, look, this is a story I'm going to tell you, but it's for you to make up your mind whether you believe in what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I just find when I'm writing sometimes, like if I'm writing obviously a character and sometimes I suppose when you can go quite deep into them, I get, I feel a bit uncomfortable. I don't know why, like whether it is you're slipping into somebody else, but it feels uncomfortable, I suppose, because there's things that, like you said, they do and say that has nothing to do with you. So maybe you feel a bit like, oh, you know, I wouldn't do that. Like, but I'm, I'm writing these people that are doing it. Like, it just feels a bit, <laughs> a bit awkward. Maybe that means you're doing it right. <laughs> I think it means you're doing it right. You're oh, so. <laughs> out of your comfort zone. <laughs> oh, I hope so. <laughs> I think as an author, that's important as well, because you're growing, right? You're putting your shoes into other people's shoes and just go for a walk what you can do with that voice and the story you can tell so yeah yeah. yeah. no that's a good point I'd recently our book club had read don't know if you've ever read any and I always say her name wrong Jodie is it Picolt? I will say Picolty. Yeah, and it's called Small Small Great Things. Have you ever read that before? Is that her latest? No, I think it's kind of older, but that is uh, told from three different points of view. And it, it's not it's not a children's one, but it's about, an, it's like a racial thing. And so there's like a, a black nurse, a white supremacist and a lawyer. Like it's told from their points of views. It's just, I, I highly recommend it for anybody who, who wants to look at different characters and voices and obviously not in the children. She said that she had to, every time she wrote the white supremacist character, like any scenes he was in, she had to go and have a shower and she felt really quite sick with the stuff that he was doing because, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that um, that was great for on as well. Amazing. I've read some of her other works, but not that one in particular. So I, I must check it out. Yeah, yeah. I've been in Cena before, but, and she's got so many books. It's always really strong topic. They're not always really happy. They're not happy books, in my opinion. So, yeah, oh, it's hard to. And I think what she's doing is very important because her books very. are very topical. Yeah. And it gets people talking and discussing. Yeah. And I think that's very, very important in storytelling. Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. That is. So uh, do you have any tips that you can share with our hybrid authors looking to create and capture their characters' voices on the page? Obviously, apart from following around family members with notebooks. and <laughs> But you have to be very discreet. You? you have to put on a disguise, like glasses. That's it, yes. I think the most important tip, I believe, is always to be authentic when you're writing I'm always on about authenticity I know as uh, authors we write fiction we're allowed to make stuff up 
But I think it's about drawing on like universal human experiences as well. You have as a person and like sharing that with your readership. So our book club, The Secret Seven, I'm going to share a pearl of wisdom from Kate McCaffrey, actually. (laughs) I feel like I'm really aligned with. So she was talking about her first book, Destroying Avalon, which is about cyberbullying. She's never been cyberbullied before, but then she would have uh, students say to her, say, Miss, how do you write? Can you write a book if you've never experienced it before? I I read the book and I just found the voice of the protagonist so realistic. Like I really believed that this was a young girl being targeted. So I was really interested in like how she came about writing this voice and making it so real. So she hadn't experienced cyberbullying. She was honest about that. Like a lot of people has experienced like just school ground bullying as a child. So she just drew on those experiences, you know, the the feeling of not wanting to go to school, twisted feelings in your gut, the fear, all of that. And then she just infused her character with that. And like, I think we can all understand what it's like to be like a target, be seen in a negative light, to be attacked through like words and like physicality for for no reason. I think that was like, and I really believe in authenticity and I think she brought that to the character because she was able to draw on, you know, universal experiences, not specifically to one thing. Mm. But at the end of the day, I we all go through different experiences, but we all go through the same feeling. And if you can tap into that, then people will read your books and they will go, I understand. Yeah. Like, I get it. I feel it. This is real to me. That's it. That's that's really good advice, actually. And I'm glad that you touched on that because it's been in my mind recently, writing from someone else's perspective, I suppose, and trying to adopt that voice and not being that person or having that experience. Would you suggest that you work with somebody who is, say, either from that background or had that experience to try and capture that character voice for those who are writing, say, something that they maybe or on a topic they haven't experienced, I suppose. It's best to kind of follow up with research and chatting to people who who have that voice, I suppose. In terms of writing, well, I guess like um, voices that aren't your own, I'm 100% for that. I believe we need more diverse voices. We need stories told from people that you don't normally hear stories being told for. And I am 100% okay with somebody who isn't that person telling that story as long as it is going back to the topic of authenticity, as long as it's authentic, whether they've consulted people in that community for advice while they're writing or they conduct deep research. And I think as long as you become like an ally and like a positive voice for the story that you're trying to tell for these group of people, I'm all for it. We need more of it. I think as, as long as it's well-researched and not sort of just gone in there because the, the author just wants to, you know. Mm-hmm. Think, yeah, think it's current yeah, and it's going to yeah. sell because they write this way or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's wrong, but I'm all for it being done right yeah yeah no I agree wholeheartedly no that's fantastic uh, so backtracking you you mentioned your fabulous editorial team who helps you <laughs> on your journey when you you stray from character voice uh so you're currently published with Penguin for the Glass House of Star so can you tell us about how your publishing journey with them and uh yeah how's that been I feel like my books are quite traditional in the sense so that's why I've pursued the traditional route 
And it's been like a, a good learning experience for me, working with like really good editors that are really, really good at what they're doing and they've been in the industry for years. So I think it's helped me grow as an author. At the same time, I don't believe that the traditional route is the only route as well. Hybrid authorship, self-publishing are also very viable routes. And I think it's all based on what type of book you write and what journey you want to take with the book. My friend, author, and another member of the Secret Seven Book Club, Christy Nita Brown, uh, she's written a book called Looking for Lily, Kids Book. And she's about to embark on self-published book journey because she wants to be indie. She wants control of her product and she wants to be able to do things like small eco print runs, hand numbering her books. And for her, I believe that's the right journey. And I think it's fantastic what she's doing. Yeah, no, that's amazing. I think, yeah, there's definitely, I'm someone who's looking for a traditional deal with children's fiction, but I do self-publish nonfiction because again, it's personal experience. I have skills in that area and want control of that but also there's some some ideas that I've I've had where they're a bit outrageous and I just think I don't know if I'd bother trying to pitch the traditional publishers with it because I just don't think that it's for them so I can totally think yes that you can see an idea you can see a book and be like yes that's definitely something that could fit there and then something else that's not would you your work so far have been the traditional publishing route would you ever consider going down the the hybrid author route and and maybe self-publishing any works in the future or you like how things are going and you're doing fabulously well (laughs) at this point so yeah but um it's interesting because um, when after I'd finished writing A Glass House of Stars, because it was a little bit out there with the second voice, like I thought, well, I'm going to try to get an agent with this book because I could just give it a go because I guess that's the first port of call, see if I could find like an agent, traditional publishing. But I, at the back of my mind, I was thinking it's it's a little bit, kind of off center at the same time and and look at the end of the day I'm proud of the book and if I don't find an agent and I don't get a traditional publisher I I probably would look into avenues of getting it self-published just to get the book out there and just because like a big publishing house doesn't believe that your work is for them and that's fair enough doesn't mean that it's not a story that deserves to be out there with me I do have a lot of like strange strange ideas I think if I ever came to a situation where like a publisher would look at my stuff and go look it's a little bit not for us it's it's too weird (laughs) whatever this is then I think I would at that point think hmm what are my other options and I would look into those options yeah never say never No, never. There's always more than one way to do something. That's that's what I think. Yeah. Oh, no, well, that's amazing. Well, yes, congratulations on all your success to date anyway, Shirley. What can we expect from you in the future? Are you back in the YA zone, still writing middle grade? Is there a sequel Ooh. to A Glass House of Stars? Oh, okay. Uh, I can, uh... Are you allowed to disclose anything? <laughs> um, okay. So at the moment, I'm in the midst of editing a new manuscript. It's completely uncontracted, so it's brand new. And uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say anything about it yet, but uh, maybe I can give you a clue. I've not said anything about this on any sort of like 
official channel. It's so weird. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird and wonderful. <laughs> did, I, did I tempt you with a clue? <laughs> yes, definitely. Okay, so at the moment, it's got a really bad title. I don't know what it's about with me and titles, but I can never come up with a good title. So it ends up being like, I think my writing process is actually shorter than the process of actually coming up with decent titles. <laughs> Like, I just think about it for a long time. Never works. <laughs> so instead of a title, it, I, I refer to it as my uh, Adele book. Okay. So think about what Adele's latest album is inspired by. Well, my, my book is about the same thing. So okay. that's, that's your clue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, and I know, I know her new song or album well. My kids walk around singing it all the time. <laughs> yeah oh fabulous well we can't wait to see that and anything else you produce in the future because it's just been fabulous thank you for putting such a wonderful works out to inspire us all thank you again as well for your time and expertise can you share with our listeners where they can discover you and your work on and offline okay so you can find me online at shirleymar.net and you can also find me on instagram where i'm pretty active and as for my books, you can find me in all good bookstores and like all the bad. <laughs> Fabulous. Well, thanks so much, Shirley. That has been amazing. Thank you so much, Joe, for having me on your show. I've had a great time. So there you have it, folks, the super inspiring Shirley Marr sharing her secrets and tips on writing authentic character voice. A Glass House of Stars is incredible, both read it and buy it now. My writing and knowledge was all the more richer after having read Shirley's work and I hope that you feel the same. Next time on the Hybrid Author Podcast, we have author, academic and Fremantle Press publisher Georgia Richter talking about her and Deborah Hunn's publication, How to Be an Author, The Business of Being a Writer in Australia. And she shares her expertise on having an author career. So best of luck in your author adventure for the next fortnight. That's it from me. Bye for now. That's the end for now, authors. I hope you are further forward in your author adventure after listening, and I hope you'll listen next time. Remember to head on over to the Hybrid Author website at www.hybridauthor.com.au to get your free author pass. It's bye for now.